You are Locked On Wild, your Minnesota Wild every day. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello, my name is Joe Bully. I am your host of Locked On Wild. I write for ZoneCoverage.com, and with me is a man who doesn't care about St. Paul snow emergencies, Tony Abbott. He writes for the Athletic Minnesota. Tony, how's it going today? I do not care about St. Paul snow emergencies. I will go and and be outside for as many as five minutes, even in the toughest blizzard. Yeah, well, you certainly won't move your vehicle either. No! (laughs) That's what you're making fun of me for. Okay, I see. Yes, uh, yes, I have not scrapped my old car yet. It is is on the street. It is buried under probably a solid foot of snow by now. Like, at least, at least, at least six to nine inches. Like, a nice amount of snow on top of that car. But, uh, you know... Like what? What? Am I, I'm not going to drive it. It's got no gas in it. Where's it going to go? Some kid is going to look at that snow pile and think, "Oh my god, I can make one hell of a snow fort." And then he's going to hit just iron. <laughs> you know, honestly, if somebody wants to steal that car, they certainly can. Like, go with God. You know? Didn't uh, it was System of a Down that had an album name called "Steal This Album," and it was on shelves. Yeah, which is, I, I believe, a reference to an anarchist, uh, an anarchist book called "Steal This Book." Yeah, okay. But yeah, it was a, it was, a, it was a manual to to be a dirtbag and uh, <laughs> and strike back at the man. Okay, so are you trying to be vicarious by saying "steal this car"? No, I, I just want it. Like, yeah. I, I don't care what happens <laughs> to it, and if somebody in St. Paul is going to steal a car anyway, is looking to steal a car anyway, then, you know, they might as well steal that one. Bring your own gas, though. Can people get in touch with you if they want your car? Actually, people can get in touch with us. I don't think they'll want that car, but they can get in touch with us via email. Absolutely, yeah. We do have a locked on email. So if you're not on Twitter, if you're not on Facebook or whatever, feel free to get in touch with us. Go to uh, LockedOnWild at gmail.com, and you can absolutely uh, drop a line for show comments and and topics for our listener suggestion topics, as well as if inquiring about Tony's car. <laughs> yeah, not all of you are out there on Twitter, so you guys certainly uh, you certainly can contribute to our show by uh, by sending us an email. What was that again, Joe? LockedOnWild at gmail.com. LockedOnWild at gmail.com. Uh, email so nice, we said it twice. <laughs> so uh, Anyway, so this weekend was Hockey Day Minnesota, and I know it was colder than snot out there, but uh, the Wild got a big win. Snot's and I pretty thought, warm. It can be, yeah. It, it starts inside your body. That has an into- Anyway, that's fine. Yeah, that's yeah, that's, uh, now we're getting gross. Alex Stalock got a shutout in a seven to nothing shellacking over the Dallas stars on hockey day, Minnesota. And um, I think the big topic for me today is I think we're going to dive into it a little bit later after this, but I want to just set this up now is, uh, is Alex Stalock playing the puck. And I thought he was very active in the game against the stars. And I'm wondering kind of what your thoughts on it. So I think that's what our main topic is going to be today. And uh, hopefully uh, we can try to decipher uh, whether or not it's a good or a bad thing. If goalies playing a puck uh, is good for the, uh, 
good for the NHL team or, or just really in general or good for the so, soul. It's not good for my soul. <laughs> it's, I don't know if it's good for the soul. It certainly, uh, uh, makes your, uh, your blood pressure go up and also, uh, your, uh, your rear end pucker up a little bit too. Every time there's a, uh, a goalie that decides to leave the net. So let's take a quick break and, uh, we'll get right into Alex Stalock playing the puck and whether or not it's a good or a bad thing. Um, but before we go to break, I just want to mention that, uh, you know, you can support our podcast you can, uh, I know that um, we have a spot by David Locke talking, you know, pitching for, for local ads. And yes, we take local ads. So any local business within uh, the Minneapolis, St. Paul market, or even just Minnesota, any of our, our listening area, our fans want to, uh, to support our, our podcast, um, feel free to reach out to us via lockdownwild at Gmail. We'll get you in touch with, uh, with our people at lockdown podcast network to get you, um, uh, set up on our network for uh, for for advertisements, and I think that's a really cool way to uh, to not only help us out, but uh, to get your uh, business out there and known as well. And I do want to say that most of our listeners, I've checked the stats, most of our listeners are in the United States and almost certainly in the Minnesota area. So uh, you're you're going to be reaching a lot of Minnesota people by uh, by hopping onto this, especially. Uh, as the show grows and we pick up more steam and we get more listeners, so yeah, yeah. this is uh, this is a good time to get in on the ground floor. Yeah, and we're certainly not the only locked on podcast for Minnesota. We do have Vikings, uh, Twins, and and Timberwolves as well. So uh, if you want to do the whole shebang as well, the whole kit and caboodle, absolutely get in touch with us, and we'll get you in touch with our people as well. So with that, let's go ahead and take our first break. You are listening to Locked On Wild. And welcome back to Locked On Wild. I'm Joe. With me is Tony. And we are going to get into goalies playing the puck. Now, certainly there's been some great ones. Ron Hextall scored uh, a goal. Uh, Martin Brodeur probably is the uh, the the bar for goalies playing the puck. Marty Turco well, is also up there. Marty Turco certainly was uh, is up there as well. But uh, we have a certain player on the Minnesota Wild named Alex Stalock who is probably one of the more active goalies that the wild have actually had in playing the puck. Um, and I want to get into it a little bit here. Um, currently he's got four assists in his career. He uh, actually had one just uh, recently. Uh, I got What is it? Uh, I can't know, remember like a week or so. Yeah. Was it, uh, was it against Calgary? It was Calgary. It was a Mar- It was a Matt Zuccarello who had the, uh, who was sprung on a breakaway and ended up scoring. And, uh, yeah, so four four assists in his NHL career, which is actually, you know, a lot when you consider for a, for a goalie. And I've also we've also seen the Wild use him as a, an, a passing option during the three on three overtime, uh, as to kind of help alleviate some pressure and, you know, use that as just another option to help get that line change that is uh, so useful in overtime. As, and maintain puck possession rather than trying to dump it in and that kind of thing. So overall, like with, with Alex Stalock playing the puck, I mean, what's, what's your overall kind of thought on, on goalies playing the puck in general? Um, every time I see it happen, I run the same thought into my head, which uh, if fair or not kind of runs in my head a lot of, 
uh, it, when it comes to Alex Daylock, even when he's doing well, like last night he was doing well, but, you know, you, you see him be active, you see him save pucks in, a, I suppose, unorthodox ways, and, like, no matter how good he's doing at the moment, I'm just thinking, oh no, baby, what is he doing? <laughs> you know what's funny about that, too, because on Hockey Day Minnesota, that you know, they do these these featured little sidebar type things in between games and, and even during the intermission of games, but they sat down with the Staylocks and for one of them, you know, he's a St. Paul, a South St. Paul kid. And, and uh, you know, certainly hockey day, Minnesota probably means something to him. But what I thought was funny is like his wife, Felicia, who's, has you know, been with him since, uh, since high school. And she went to SCSU. He went to, um, he went to UMD of course. And, and they both played hockey. Uh, and uh, But even she is always, like, asking him, like, wait, do you really need to go out that far? <laughs> she also thinks that there should be, like, a restricted zone trapezoid right in front of the net to keep him under control as well. So even so it's not even just, like, us that are, like, puckering up a little bit. It's, it's his own wife, too, that is asking him those questions when he gets home about, the, about you know, r- making the foot race to the blue line. I will say about Staloc that I do think that uh, at least on the eye test, it looks like uh, it looks like he's certainly better at playing the puck than Devin Dubnik. Uh, I remember when Dubnik first got here and he like wanted to play the puck every game, and it, it, <laughs> eventually, I think eventually, either I learned to live with it or he stopped. I can't I can't tell you all, like for certain what happened, but either I learned to live with it or it got uh, it. it it got an end put to it, but uh, he certainly is better at playing the puck than uh, than Devin Dubnik is. Yeah, and he's absolutely not one of those goalies that are timid out there either when he, they're playing the puck. He's looking to make a play, whether it's trying to clear the puck himself, whether he's trying to make a headman pass, or I think we even saw him at one point try to uh, take a shot down towards the uh, the open net, and I think it was um, Corey Schneider that ended up on his way to the bench doing an about face and diving back to make the stop before the puck trickled into the open net. Uh, it was um, kind of crazy. I mean, I, we, we did see Tuka Rask score a goal, and we know that Capo Kakinen, I think, has a, two or three, maybe even four goals over in Finland. Mm-hmm. Um so it, it is interesting, like, if that can be part of the game, why like why not try to use the goaltender a little bit more in, in terms of playing the puck? I, I think there's just, like, an inherent risk because, like, any mistake, right? Any mistake that is made with the puck, that is going to be coming back at you at a high percentage scoring chance without your goaltender being in a prime position to stop it. Sure. I mean, I suppose that that makes some sense. I mean, there are certainly some cons too for for the goalie playing the puck, and I think it's odd too. Like, if that's a goalie's skill set, that the NHL has completely shut that down with the restricted zones in the corners. Mm. I mean, because you're essentially taking the puck off their stick too. I know that they wanted to increase scoring because by by not letting a goaltender play the puck in the corner and retrieve the, the puck in the corner because that's what they are. They're, they're basically like a third defenseman back there and they a can third defenseman that you can't hit. So, okay. So if they got restricted, uh, rid of the, uh, restricted zones, 
I say that if the goalie does leave the net, perhaps he is fair game like they used to be. Yeah, I, I don't know if I like that that much just because, um, because, you know, if they are fair game, like, I don't know if I want to see goalies get blown up in the, uh, in the corners, you know, and, and make them mm-hmm. more susceptible to injury. Like, I, I don't know. I, I kind of like taking that option away from them and just kind of like, okay, like, you can play the puck in these areas, but as for you being a third defenseman and retrieving, uh, dumpins, uh, no, I, <laughs> I just, just, just focus on your net, bud. At the same time, don't you think that it eases the pressure off the other defensemen? Yeah, but like, like they're not the ones that are going back and, and taking the hit from behind along the wall. They can start turning up, uh, you know, they can start turning up ice and the goaltender can hit them with the pass and, you know, their, their work on the breakout is pretty much already done. Well, I think there are other ways to uh, to address that safely. Like, for example, the fact that they have included elements of no-touch icing into uh, their icing calls makes that uh, less susceptible. Not perfect, but but you're certainly less likely to have, like, the Curtis Foster injury mm-hmm. while going for an icing. Well... I'm sorry to shoot you down on this. No, you're fine. I mean, I think, you know, it's nice if you had a goalie, though who's, you know, has the entire game pretty much in front of him. And he can also try to catch the uh, the other team on a on a bad line change or something with a nice headman pass. I just think that it's a chance for them to spark the offense as well. Sure, that's 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 fun to watch. I'm not saying that it's not fun or it's not even useful at times, but uh I I, I don't know. Like for the most part, like if you can do it every now and then, do it every now and then, but I don't know how much more we need in uh, in that, I guess. Maybe I'm wrong. I could be like a big idiot here. I just think we need more goalie goals. We do need more. Oh, man, now now you're now you're speaking to me. <laughs> I think we I think we need more uh, goalie assists. I think uh, I think maybe that should be the shootout. You have uh, Whoa, you have uh, you have two goalies firing at the other net. What if rather than like in like the seventh round of the shootout, rather than going with like, uh, I don't know, a Victor Rask, they put out uh, Al Stalock as the as the shooter with his goalie stick. Yeah, goal stick and everything. Yeah, that would rule. I'd watch that. Yeah, I wonder if they do that. Like if other goalies look at uh, are are watching video on their opposition to kind of figure out, OK, where are they good? Where are they bad? Kind of thing. Mm hmm. Or maybe they're just watching it from the uh, from the other end, and they can just kind of pick up. Okay, maybe their glove isn't very good, and they. I wonder if they're. I wonder if they do that. Mm, I don't know. Well, we should probably take another break before the end of the uh, and, and wrap up the show here. But uh, yeah, I just think that um, I think there's definitely some benefits and, and cons to the, a goalie playing the puck, and I think that uh, I think it's more funny when you get um, you know his own wife. And Al Stalock kind of even questioning <laughs> some of the moves too. So it's uh, it's it's pretty funny uh, uh, that for sure. And like definitely like definitely like there is a place for Stalock's ability to play the puck. I just like am not like convinced that we need to see more of it than we already do. All right, well let's go ahead and take a break. You're listening to Lockdown Wild, and welcome back to Lockdown Wild. I'm Joe with Tony again. And uh, after trying to settle the goalie 
playing the puck, I suppose, strategy. Um, one thing I do want to say as well is, uh, you know, the, I like the idea that they use them in overtime, but they also have used them a little more in, in regulation too, which is just another passing option. Now, I don't necessarily like hurling the puck back at your net, but if your goalie can be another player to help set up while you're making a line change or wholesale change, it could be useful. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I think we're going to talk about, I've got an article coming out here on uh, on Monday. It's about uh, trying to determine the trade value a little bit of uh, two wild players that have been rumored to be uh, garnering some interest. We've, we've talked about uh, Jonas Brodeen and Matt Dumba. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess with Jonas Brodeen, like there's a lot there for value, isn't there? Yeah, I, I think that uh, that he has to be one of the uh, one of the most valuable players on the roster right now, just because you have him playing at such a high level. Um, he's got 19 points in 48 games so far, which is well on track to eclipse a career high for him. He is playing as solid defensively as ever. Uh, his war numbers are really good. He's you know he's still pretty young. He's just 26 years old. He's under contract for another year after that, so he's he's a rental that you don't need to uh, that you don't need to make a decision on until the year after that, right? He's that year and a half rental, and I think that that's kind of where I think the uh, the trend in the league is going, mm-hmm. where you're not spending you know assets on getting a Martin Hansel anymore, where you have you know two months with them plus uh, whatever playoff run you managed to scratch out, and then they're gone. You bring in someone like Jonas Brodeen, where you can plug him into your lineup for the next two months, three months, and then you get him for the this playoff run. Then he gets an entire offseason to get acclimated to your system and, and your uh, your team, your organization. Spends another year there, another playoff run. This time he's been in the locker room for the entire season. And then once that is done... Uh, then you have to make that decision. Yeah, I think uh, it, while I was researching this article, I pulled a stat that he trails only his teammate, Jared Spurgeon. I think he's tied with one other guy, but he trails only Jared Spurgeon in expected goals against. Yeah, believe it. He's uh, He's been really good defensively. He's been incredibly solid. Now, Brodeen isn't that player who's, I mean, he's certainly having some of the, one of his best offensive seasons, but in perspective, like overall offensively, he hasn't been particularly great, right? Uh, I don't know. Um, I think if you're looking at raw point totals, then I would agree with you. Right. Uh, maybe like, 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 like that's not, what I think other people look at too. I, I don't think he like pops when it comes to raw point totals, but I think when it comes to, you know, being involved in the offense and pinching in uh, being a, uh, able to step up and make a play. I think I am seeing a lot more of that, uh, carrying the puck into the offensive zone. I think I am seeing a lot more of that than I have in years previous. Sure. But overall, like his point production hasn't necessarily been up there. And I think that as as uh, smart people have said, like Jared Spurgeon may not be incredibly wowing on the offensive side, but with his defense, the guy is a complete net positive. Like he is, he is a solid defenseman. And I know that there's, there's people out there that are like, well, we don't want to trade him. But at this point, 
this might be the best time to trade him. If you're ever going to trade him, now is the time to do that. You're you're really hitting on him when his stock or when the stock is at his peak, and when you think about it, if you decide to not trade him now, and by this time next year you want to trade him, maybe he's not playing as well, and you know you know just having an okay Brodeen season, right? And you're like, wow, well he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. We better trade him now. I I don't think you're going to be able to get as much for him. Not only would in this uh, this thought experiment his play might decline. Not only might that happen, but at the same time, you have less Brodine to trade. You only have you know two months of Brodine rather than two months and a year and two playoff runs worth of Brodine. So, and, and then uh, then you look at Brodine and his. Uh, his war numbers on a per minute basis is the highest of his career so far. And so like you, you've got this asset peak value. I committing to him past this year. It's not a bad idea necessarily, but it is going to be expensive and Mm -hmm. you're going to be committing to your fourth defenseman. Now that you're going to be committing to into their, uh, their late twenties, early thirties. Yeah, he's got a ton of value right now, and it's uh, and, and the fact you said that you know it's it's one year and two months. If you trade him at the deadline, a player under contract for that long carries a lot more value to it as well because he is cost controlled. Again, it's not a rental, and the fact that it's like okay, well, I'm going to give away assets for somebody I'm not sure is going to be around or that I can't afford. It is you know what you're going to get out of it for the for the trade for the team that you're trading to. So that that is that carries a lot of value to it as well. Maybe you can get a little bit more out of the fact out of that fact as well. Now, contrast that value with Matt Dumba. Yeah, Matt Darren Dumba, Drager on Thursday uh reported that uh that that uh that Matt Dumba could be moved. Yeah, and I found that interesting because certainly Matt Dumba has a lot of value. I think so. I, I think even today he's got a lot of a lot of value. Now the only thing that I think that would hinder any of that value is the fact that the downturn that he's had this season compared to last season is coincidental with an injury that he's sustained, right? Yeah. Now he he might be perfectly healthy, he might be feeling fine, but I think other GMs are perhaps going to want him to go out there and prove that he is really just back, right? Mm-hmm. So perhaps you don't get necessarily the the maximum value that you would have gotten for Matt Dumba had you know if if they trade him this year. So I think that while he's got a value, and I still think that he can get a fetch, I think you're not necessarily maximizing that value if they were to move them or move Dumba at this point this year i would agree with that 100 percent. I, I think that uh w- one you, you don't have any need to trade matt dumba right now at the low point of his value um and I, I think i'm in agreement with you perfectly on here um even though i haven't uh, i haven't gotten to, to read your article in full yet but uh but i suspect that we're in agreement in that you know y- you've got three more years to decide whether you want to move matt dumba or not after this season um, and, and if he is 
going to get you a return now when he's struggling. I can guarantee you that if he finishes the year on a high note and you want to trade him at the draft, you can do better than uh, than what uh, what you could do today. If you want to wait till next trade deadline, you know maybe he picks it up at the end of the year and then plays strong next year. I mean, we've seen like even Ryan Suter, right? Like Ryan mm-hmm. Suter had a pretty uh, pretty traumatic injury to his mm-hmm. ankle. Comes back last year and like yeah, looks looks fine, but not quite himself. And it took him that second year before he came back and was himself again. That's probably going to be the case for Matt Dumba at this point. So I would much rather wait until that 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 point than to uh, to to move him now when. You know, maybe you could get something good for him, something interesting, mm-hmm. but certainly not as much as you can when you have a Dumba at the height of his powers or, or near the height of his powers. Even um, even dump the Dumba of two years ago, rather than uh, than the yeah. Dumba that was on pace for thirty points. I feel like with Dumba, he is that t- player that when he is going good, you want him on your team, and that's why they resigned him, right? That's why they resigned him to the contract that he's got for you know another three years after this. Is because he's a player that can make a lot of things happen on the ice that really not a lot of wild defensemen can really have or make happen as well. He's he's the the issue is I think we talked about Dumbo a little bit, but they need to get him in in a chance to. Uh, in a position for more success on the power play, which is where he can be featured. I think that a lot of it's confidence right now. So I think it's kind of a bit of a catch 22 where maybe he's not necessarily going to be a Brent Burns type of player where he goes off and, and, and wins a Norris and has 77 points. But at the same time, like if he's going to even do 50 points, 55 points, like he did a couple of seasons ago, like that's really good. Yeah. That's what you paid for. And certainly, yeah, yeah, you can make that trade and you can probably get a lot for it. But he's still so young that it's like you want him on your team. So I don't know if like necessarily trading him now makes sense. But even when he's going well, I still think as much as we are talking about potentially offloading him, that when he's going well, that he's a player that you want to get rid of either. If you're going to do it, you need to make sure that you're capitalizing on Dumba and making them pay sticker price. If they're coming to you, other GMs are coming to Bill Guerin and trying to lowball you for a guy who has been a 50-point scorer in the league, a guy who could be a 20-goal scorer from the blue line, honestly. like He certainly mm-hmm. could be a 20-goal uh, guy from your blue line. I think that you absolutely need to uh need to hold off and uh and and reassess and wait until you get uh you get uh you get a better bargaining position before you do that yeah and and to piggyback off that with matt dumba you have to if you're going to move him you not only need to make sure that you're getting asking price the the proper asking price for him but you better be damn sure that you know what he's going to be that you're that you're making that move without a chance for him to really go off if he leaves the organization. Mm-hmm. Because then you look like Chuck Fletcher did with Brent Burns. 
yep. and then you're reeling, then you're reeling that trade for years well into the future. So you have to be damn sure with Dumba. And I'm not saying Dumba is going to be that, but he has, but he is a player that can be very, very good for this team for a lot of years if they get him back to where he was uh, prior to the injury. Anyways, I think that's probably going to do it. That was a good discussion to end on, huh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right, Tony. Where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at oh hi Tony. You can also find me at the Athletic Minnesota for all my work. You speaking of the Athletic Minnesota, you have a gigantic article coming up. Do you got any uh, little um, tidbits of what that might be about? <clears throat> no. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, you heard it right here. Uh, just go and, and find the article on the Athletic Minnesota, and I'm sure it's going to be great. It's uh, it's probably not going to be out until the uh, the wild go on break. So late this week at the earliest. Uh, meanwhile, just uh, just stop there at the Athletic Minnesota. You're going to get Russo. You're going to get uh, news on the Timberwolves. They're trying to do all the trade rumblings. Uh, the Vikings offseason is only just beginning, and I'm sure there's a lot of intrigue there. The Twins just signed Josh Donaldson. There is a lot going on at the Athletic Minnesota. And you'll get me in uh, in about a week or two. All right. And you can find me on Twitter at JoeBoo15. And you can find all my work at ZoneCoverage.com. I know uh, Drew Cove, who normally covers the Minnesota Gophers, he's got a bunch of articles from Hockey Day Minnesota, so please check that out on ZoneCoverage.com. All right. If you like today's show, please hit subscribe so your device sends it to you every time there's a new episode without having to do any work keeps you up to date with our new latest episode here on lockdown wild also please leave a review if you're on apple Podcasts or google or whatever podcast service you like to use uh, you can also follow the podcast on twitter just look up at lockdown wild and like we mentioned at the top of the show you can also get a hold of us or in touch with us via email if you're not on twitter it's a great way to interact with us as well just email us at lockdownwild at gmail.com All right, thanks for listening to Locked on Wild, and be sure to check us out every Monday through Friday to stay on top of everything revolving around your team every day.